0: would please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. We're looking at the first 13 verses. Ephesians chapter 3. A section that I have entitled, Mystery Revealed. Mystery Revealed. Beginning in verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations has not been made known to the sons of men as it is now, but revealed. To his holy apostles and prophets in the spirits. To be specific, that Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body, and fellow partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister, according to the gift of God's grace, which is given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God whom created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart in my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. Father, we come before you as we've sung. Give us ears, Lord, that we may hear you. I see the Apostle Paul begins praying for the readers of this. Verse 16. Father, I pray that those that would hear would understand the mystery revealed. And Father, we would see that the plan of this mystery, that we would understand it. We would be overwhelmed with joy that we were a part of that mystery being fulfilled in this very day and age. Father, let us never take that for granted. But let it become a new passion, a new fire in our bones. And Father, we may understand. One. That we are one. The unity of the body of Christ. To a lost and dying world. In Christ's name. Amen. As shared with you last week in the conclusion of the message. There are two things that happen when you are in the ministry foundational there's no way to get around it there's no way to do ministry outside of it it has to be done that way it was his plan one is you have to teach then you have to pray when you get done praying then you teach then you pray and then you teach and then you pray and then you teach you teach with confidence what god has shown you in his word and then you pray that the hearers will get it that they will grasp it. I shared with you that some of you have noticed and made comment about it that as soon as I get done with a message, unless there's a visitor or something like that, I usually go back there. Um, and I usually take my coat off and my microphone, but the reason that I go back there is that I pray for what every one of you have heard and that you get it. Okay? You need to understand something. I get to deal with this all week long. By the time Sunday shows up, Let's hope I've got it. But I get an hour with you to share what I've just spent 40 hours looking at. And I have to pray that God gets it to you. Okay? I learned that from the Apostle Paul. That's how he did it. He would teach. And then he prayed. We've seen that in chapter 1. Okay? You've seen it again here in chapter 3. He teaches. And then he'll pray. Alright? We've already looked, and we need to grasp this. We see the church in the mind of God in chapter 1. We see the church unfolding in redemption in chapter 2. And we see the church in detail in chapter 3. All of this is dealing with what is our position. Position. What we, as believers in Jesus Christ, already possess. Because until you understand what you possess, then you can't react to it. You can't act out what you don't know. Now, I've seen some people try. If it wasn't such a serious topic, it would be comical. But I see people who can tell me everything that a Christian is supposed to do, and yet they have no idea what a position already possesses. Because once I understand what I possess, then I start realizing that I'm already doing that because of my position in Jesus Christ. Paul's big thing is that Jew and Gentile are one. Now, you need to understand something. There has always been a distinction between Jew and Gentile in the world. Always. From the beginning. I mean, what you're reading in Numbers, that's a distinction. Okay? Do you, do you, do you understand that they are distinct from the Gentiles in what they wear? What they eat? What they do? How they worship? Everything is distinct. It was designed that way. But God designed it that way so that we would see the distinction of God versus the world. And then he sent his son to fulfill all of it. To remove all the barriers. There are no barriers. There are no walls. There are no more distinctions. I mean, I remember hanging out in Jerusalem a number of years ago. And on the Sabbath to watch everybody out. It was amazing. It was just amazing. You couldn't do nothing in Jerusalem on the Sabbath. You can't get gas. But that's okay because a Jew's not allowed to drive on the Sabbath. It was very distinct. There are no more distinctions. This chapter 3 is wondrous, people. I don't I don't know whether the, the Christian body in America gets it or they're complacent about it. I don't know uh, or maybe it's a combination of both. This chapter three is wondrous and every time I read it I just stand in awe of it. Paul wants us to understand that God planned from eternity past what Jesus prayed for in the upper room in John 17, verse 21, that they may be one, the same oneness as God the Father and God the Son. Now, if you think about that for a second, that's kind of mind-boggling if you really want to let it bounce around between your ears a little bit. Because if you think about it, God the Father and God the Son, they are distinct, and yet you can't tell where one starts and the other one begins. Can you? They are one. Yet they are distinct. Are they not? I mean, if you believe in the Trinity, then you're... good chance you're saved. But you can't separate them. You know, and I've heard all of the... Uh, human trying to explain the Trinity, and it 's feeble at best because you can 't separate them, and yet they definitely have distinct abilities that are different than the others God 's in heaven, the Son came down in the veil of humanity, paid the penalty of sin, was separated from the God the Father, so that he could send the Holy Spirit to indwell the people that he had just saved kind of fascinating if you think about it Jesus prayed for us to have the oneness that him and the father has now let me ask you a question Jesus tells us in his gospels that if we pray in his will it will be done right well if do you think that him praying for the oneness is the will of the father then I'm guessing that maybe it has been done. What do you think? Because one of my favorites is that there is no difference between the Greek and the barbarians. Okay? I'm a barbarian. I've read a little bit of Greek. I do not speak Greek because I'm not sure that anybody can really pronounce it. So I'm a barbarian. Basically, a barbarian is... Uh, a Gentile that can't speak Greek. <laughs> it's like, I always like that. I am the barbarian. Okay. Something that I can excel at. But yet we've all lost our identity. Have to. You have to. Listen. How else are you going to do Philippians 2? That's so we can look on others as more important than ourselves. Unless we can our... Our identity. You know, I am such and such because I do such and such. So what? I'm a believer in Jesus Christ because I've been bought and paid for with a price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. What makes me different than any other believer? How is it that we are able to love each other the same? Without preference. Well, you don't understand. Some of them people, I don't know. I understand that probably better than most of you. I get to deal with lots of them. And yet, that's what the Lord prayed for. That we would be one as the Father and I are one. God planned for it. Jesus prayed for it. And the Apostle Paul was an apostle of it. So why wouldn't we cherish it as much as those three? If it's God's plan, Jesus' prayer, and, John, and Paul's passion, why wouldn't it be to us? The church is one. Remember, we'll look at it in depth coming up in chapter 4. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God and Father. And there is one hope of our calling. Period. Period. We are to keep that oneness in the bonds of peace. See, the oneness is there. It is our responsibility to maintain it. And the only way you can do that is through humility. When there is discord, then the body of Christ becomes disconnected. It becomes separated It becomes disabled. It becomes crippled. And the world doesn't see what they should see. The world can't see the true Christ. I think it's one of the reasons that I talk to the pastors in our community. There are very few people actually coming to Christ. Very few baptisms. We had the privilege last week of doing a baptism. You just don't see it. You know why? When the lost look at the church, what do they see? The same thing that they've already got. There's nothing different there. It's refreshing to talk to this young man yesterday. It's amazing to find somebody, but then it dawned on me, well, yeah, he's in Eastern Europe. (laughs) Yeah. They don't have the distractions that we have. But you know what? That is a lame excuse too. Do you realize how arrogant that is? To say that the things of this world have distracted me from he who spoke existence into being? That's just sort of one of those, what was you thinking? (laughs) And yet we do. We have things that just, what? Take our time. We are called to oneness. We are called to unity. That ends all bitterness. It ends all prejudice. That which separates is gone in the body of Christ. That was Paul's passion. Paul understood that truth. And Paul is wanting you and me to understand that truth. And he will pray for us here at the end of this chapter. See, Paul has already started speaking of this miracle. Chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision... Which is performed by the flesh by human hands. So he just. Throwed that out there. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus. You who formerly were far off. Have been brought near. By the blood of Christ. Verse 14. He himself is our peace. Who made both groups into one. Broke down the barrier. Of the dividing wall. He's already done it. Do you understand that? It's not yours or my responsibility. It's done. We maintain it. The end, uh, or verse 15. By abolishing in the flesh to enmity. Which is the law. The commandments contained in the ordinances. That's the ceremonies. The types. Uh, the, the things that we do. To bring our focus back. Uh, I remember... Uh, uh, some of you, the, that movie, The Passion of the Christ. Uh, all these churches got into this movie, and they were going to, we're going to get people saved. Everybody going to get saved. They're going to see this, and everybody going to get saved, uh, which was whatever. But churches were renting out blocks of theaters, and then sending their people to see this movie. Now, me being in the clergy. They gave me a free ticket. So I went and seen it. And I was like, yes, look at you there. Mel Gibson is doing atonement. No. You know, And when you got done, you walked out, they gave you an old horseshoe nail. that That's what they are. It's a square nail. You can buy them today. I don't know why, but you can buy them. And they're just a square nail. And they said, here, you can remember Christ through this nail. Well, all right. <laughs> you got a hammer? <laughs> I mean, that's... And it it just dawned on me, I was like, I don't need that to remember Christ. I can look in the mirror and say, I know what a worm I am. And now I'm clothed in Christ's righteousness. I don't need a nail. Verse 19 says, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow Citizens with the saints of God's household. Fellow citizens. See, Paul understood, I need to teach this, but this thing is so far out of your common understanding, I need to pray that God makes it real in you. Because you can't grab it. You can't grab it. You can go back through all of your spiritual leaders that you may, heroes, whatever. Uh, I have uh, several. I, I really love John Knox, but I know that he couldn't have got there without John Calvin. But they wouldn't even got started without Robert Murray McShane. And the, you gotta like Spurgeon. I mean, gee, many crickets. They're still trying to figure out how it's come. He never got cholera. And I can look at all of those, and you know what? We are all equal. You can take my favorite person that I like the most. You know who that is? Human. Paul. I spend more time with Paul than I probably do anybody. And I am equal to Paul. But you know what's really funny is? Every believer is. Every believer. It's, uh, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? Do you understand it's the same spirit that Jesus sent? Do you understand it's the same spirit that indwelled the apostle Paul and Peter and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John? Matthias. Philip. Even Stephen. He had a short ministry. But you see, see what I try to grab a hold of that. Do you understand? You and I can't make unity. It's impossible. We're called the United States of America. That looks really promising. But yet God says it's already there, preserve it. How do you preserve it? Let us discuss these things. What did you find in the scriptures? There are not multiple interpretations of scriptures. There's multiple applications. But not interpretations. The thing is, is my willing to put my ego out of the way and say, what does it say? Not, what do I want it to say? What does it say? And if you think about it, Hebrews 12, he says, By now you should be teachers, Move on from the elementary principles. And then he lays them out. Spiritual gifts. Why do we still debate spiritual gifts? I don't understand that. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of counterfeits out there. But they, they're not really hard to spot. I mean, if a person says they can speak in tongues, then ask them one simple question. Who's interpreting that's not complicated. And why do you attend a church that's got so many unbelieving Jews in it? That's not a complicated. And yet, wow! We, well, I just don't can't. I've seen it. Well, I've seen things too. I seen Pink Floyd at Three River Stadium. That was something. Jesus wasn't involved. Okay? Chapter 3, verses 2 through 13, he's showing us the importance of this mystery. Then 15 to 23, he prays that you get to understand the importance of this mystery. And I see it today. I see the battle that exists. Why are there barriers in the church? Why is it that people say, well, I only want to reach the homeschooled people? Well, Why? I want to reach just the 30-something people. I want to... Why are you putting up barriers? I don't understand that. I try to explain to people, I've done a demographic study of Castle Rock. It's very conclusive. Really? What's the demographic study of Castle Rock? The saints and the ain'ts. There's two groups. His. And then those who belong to the father of lives. Okay. Now that I got that done. How do you fix it? Share the gospel. Paul has already told us that he's a prisoner of this mystery. Verse four. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Christ. It was made known to me, divine revelation. It came from Christ. It's a divine reality. It is so real that I'm willing to go to prison for it. It is so real if they wish to execute me, that's fine. I will be doing it for the cause of Christ. The one body of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you hear it, then you will know it came from Christ. And if you think about it, in its simplicity, it had to have come from Christ. No man's going to think this up. Man's already adjusted it. Because I need to be a Baptist. I need to be a Presbyterian. I need to be a fill in the blank. I mean, you know, we got so put out with denominations that we decided we would be non-denominational and we'll start our own denomination. Of non-denominationalism. Oh, sounds great. We're just going to be independent fundamentalists. We'll be independent from all other denominations. Because we'll start our own. Well, outstanding. Even if I am a prisoner. Even if I am executed. It is a divine reality. And I will have a passion. To protect The unity of the body. He preached it because it was true. He had a passion for this. He had such a passion that he preached it to his own death and he prayed for everybody who listened to it. Because it is true. Because the message was from Christ. It's been taught to us and it's been prayed. Pray that it'll be our passion. The plan of this mystery in 5 and 6, if you really, in the simplicity of the text, verse 5 defines what a mystery is, verse 6, what this mystery is. <laughs> There's the plan. Okay? He gives you a complete definition of the mystery. If you really, if you want to go to the, the syntax of this. Verse 4 is the antecedent for verse 5. And if you don't know what an antecedent is, I'll pass on the wisdom of my mother. Look it up. It wasn't made known in other ages. There were glimpses. There were hints of this thing. The Old Testament saints never saw it. Okay. This mystery, the church, one body made up of distinct individual, yet in complete supernatural unity. The Old Testament says didn't get that. they seen that Gentiles would get saved and be blessed, but they figured that they had to become Jews. And then they get it. That's why they had in the temple the court of the Gentiles. It always reminds me, there's a book written by Charles Spurgeon called Lectures to My Students. And he described the Old Testament as the most ornate detailed, precise mansion ever conceived by humanity. And the New Testament turns all the lights on so you see the detail. See, in the Old Testament, you knew, this is eloquent, this is eloquent. But you just didn't get it all. Now you and I, we look back at it. All the nations will be blessed in him. Listen. The early believers did not get this. In Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 verse 8. Paul's on this same topic again. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. You know what's really cool about Abraham they missed often? Where was Abraham from? Ur, of the, you know what that makes him? Father of the Gentiles. Okay? And for some reason, that is just really overlooked in Judaism. Okay? And that, that's amazing to me, you know. A small detail. The father of the Jews was a Gentile. Hmm. And all the nations shall be blessed in you. You know what all the nations is, right? That's everybody. <laughs> okay? The church is one. Paul says we can look back and we now see what God meant when he said justifying of the Gentiles. We understand it completely. It is very clear to us. Old Testament saints never, never did get that. Well, yeah, the Gentiles can get saved, but they got to become a Jew. That ain't what the Father Abraham said. <laughs> All nations will be blessed. See, they let me show you another. One. Let me go back to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6. He says, "It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Okay? Do you realize that that wasn't actually comprehended until Acts 13? And did you realize this? That once the gospel had reached California, it had reached the ends of the earth. Where did it start? Middle East. Which way did it go? West. Went all the way around. Philip took it into Asia. Guess what? It's been all the way around the world. Isaiah talked about it in chapter 49. The mystery of the old was never completely understood until the coming of the new. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. By referring to this, the antecedent, verse 4, by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men. It was never understood until the coming of the New Testament. Okay, when you think about the New Testament and the Old Testament, look at it from this perspective. Take the word testament And immediately put it in your brain and filter it. Okay? When you see testament, it's covenant. Okay? Remember the covenant in blood that was one-sided that God did with Abraham? And he had, you remember, he had the bad dreams. Alright? That was the covenant. The covenant can't be broken until there is a death. Well, guess what? God can't die. So the promise to Abraham will last for... Well, until God dies. Okay? Alright. Now you have God incarnate. He walks here. Right? When they killed the bull for the original covenant with Abraham... The bull didn't do anything wrong. He's in there mind in his own business, thinking, where's the cow? He wasn't hurting anybody. So that's innocent blood. Jesus came here, and guess what? Innocent blood. It is the blood of his covenant, and now that he has been raised from the dead, guess what? The only way you're going to break the new covenant is if Christ dies again. I wouldn't lay a lot of money on that one. Just an idea. Just an idea. See, the Jews, even today, cannot see the end of the ceremonies. They can't see that all of that symbolism was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. It's done. That's why he gives us the Lord's table and baptism. And if you look at those from the Jewish perspective, you get a complete understanding of it. I taught on it a little bit when we were baptizing last Sunday. You go in as one creature, you come out as another creature. But that reality has already been filled with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the believer. It is a public profession of an inward reality. That's baptism. Lord's table. That is not His blood. I've seen the bottle that it comes out of. It is to bring to remembrance. You know, I see sometimes uh, the Lord's table, it seems like this funeral dirge. He suffered and he, and he died and he spilled out and he was crushed. Dude, it should be a celebration, people. Okay, if he didn't get out of the grave, yep, Lord's table is going to be a bummer. But guess what? It is because of that broken body and that spilled blood that you and I have been redeemed. I should make us happy. Oh, poor Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus is at the right hand of Father. I would like to be poor like him. With this weather changing and my knee hurting, I would like it now. (laughs) See, it's hard to understand that this is all fulfilled when your whole life has been on these systems and these symbolisms and these ceremonies, the leaders of the early church struggled to get this. Why? The leaders of the early church were all Jewish and they were practicing Jews. I mean, Peter had the vision. You know I'm a Jew. I can't eat that. I created it all. Give thanks and eat. I like that. That's my diet. Give thanks and eat. Some of it. Some of it are like, I ain't thanking you for that. Paul is telling us that this mystery in other ages was not made known. He says here, to the sons of men. Sons of men. It was hidden. It was not made known to the Old Testament humanity. You and I are part of the eternal secret that has been revealed. It is unfolding. We are a part of a great plan that we've seen in chapter 1, which God kept secret throughout history until He sent His Son and dropped the Holy Spirit on us at Pentecost. It is unfolding before us since Christ's incarnation. Do you understand that this mystery that was the passion of the Apostle Paul, you and I are in it? Right now? We are that secret that has been unveiled. One body, Jew and Gentile, Greek barbarian, male, female, slave and owner, doesn't matter. You are one in Christ. God's passion for His church is fulfilled by His Spirit as we walk with Him. When you do not have a passion for the body of Christ, know this, that you are not walking with Christ. Because Christ says, I have made a supernatural entity that will show the lost and dying world what the unity of the Godhead is through these people that I have redeemed. That's why I have an annoyance against uh, parachurch ministries. I understand what they're doing, but why aren't you doing it through the body of Christ? The Son of Men is humanity. It has now been revealed unto those who would believe. It is divine revelations. It comes to the ages by way of the Spirit. Second Peter chapter one, verses twenty and twenty-one. Second Peter chapters. 1 verses 20 and 21. But know this first of all. You got that? If Peter says know this first of all, you know what that means? Kind of important. (laughs) Alright. Know this first of all. That no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy has ever been made by an act of human will, but by men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Why do I love the Bible? That's why. He is the one who reveals it. He is the one who inspires it. He is the one, that's why the Apostle Paul teaches it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He writes it down by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes to the Holy Spirit and begs that we get it. The pneumatos. It's the word that we get pneumatic from. You know how it's always translated? The breath of God. The breath of God. So, that which was hidden is now revealed to the believers by the Spirit. The agent of the revelation has been given to us. I want to show you something here really quick. It's fascinating. It took me a while to figure it out. But I'm just a slow learner. Okay? He says, Other generations were not made known to the whole, the whole sons of men. Okay, now look at what he says next. As it is now been revealed. Okay? Now been revealed. Okay? The word in the Greek for now, here, is none. N-U-N. in. Okay? and it's in the earist voice all right what that says to me and what that means in the language that this was written in is that not before not after only now only now okay present immediately all right it's here it's now it's not going to be later it's not going to be before. Now. Alright? The revelation of the mystery is at a point in time and it was not revealed before, it was not revealed after. Okay, now listen. That little word right there, uh, I get excited about it because I hear a lot of stuff. Uh, sometimes I shouldn't listen so much. But I hear a lot of this stuff and, uh, and I hear people... Making statements that don't understand what that sentence just said. Okay? It's a little point. Because it's in the heiress voice. The Bible was written. It was not written before. It was not written after. It was exactly when God wanted the revelation accomplished. Okay? Okay, what does that mean for you and me today? Well, yeah, I got the Bible. No, 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 no. You're missing something. There's a fact that is here that is urgently needed today. Revelation is closed. There isn't more. It has now been revealed. It is not in the process of being revealed. It is now. The word of God was revealed When God said at that time it was a closed case. There's nothing else coming. You will hear people make statements like this. God has showed me. Nope. No, he ain't. didn't show you. You ain't getting nothing new. There ain't... There ain't anything new. It's these clowns running around telling you when the second coming is. That's weird. Jesus didn't know it, but He told you. And Revelation's closed. Ah, I think you're following something there you might not want to be following. Do you understand that the Revelation is so closed and it is now embodied in the pages of your holy book? That's what the word Bible means. Book. I mean, you literally... I can literally look at this book. Well, any holy Bible. and Not just this one. I seen a guy just published a spirit-filled study Bible. And it hurt my feelings. I thought mine was spirit-filled. But anyway. The revelation... Is incarnate in this book. And people say, well, that's, you're getting awful. Why does everybody want to destroy this book? I don't see anybody lining up to destroy the Koran. Why just this one? Well, I can tell you why. This is God's. God told me. No, he didn't. You're hearing things. Why? The revelation is closed, it is finished. It's an aorist verb. You know what the aorist verb means? It's not linear. God is not constantly revealing. You want to know about God? It's right there. Okay? That's not complicated. And I know that it's true because you think about how hard it is for you sometimes to pick up that book and read it. How many times I can come up with any kind of excuse. I better check the weather first. Well, you know what? The weather's going to do whatever the weather's going to do and the weathermen ain't going to know anyway. It's not linear. God is not constantly revealing. He revealed it here now. Not before, not after. All right, now, I'll deal with this next week. He wants you to solidify this in your conscience. Okay, you know why? Spiritual warfare is just a small phrase. You know what it is? Has God said. Okay? But he solidifies that this is closed. It is absolutely closed by who did he give it to? Look what it says. To his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit. They bore witness. You got to remember that original 13 group. Okay. Do you understand that they were all taught personally by the resurrected Christ? All of them. And you know why Paul's ministry was so massive? He had to go hang out in the desert for three years with him. That's why. So, when you read that, you know that they are in the direct line of the cornerstone. That's why it's called the foundation of the apostles. And we'll look at that in detail next week because it's very fascinating. So, when we look at this, we understand that we're looking at the plan of this mystery, it was revealed and there's a dual source of its revelation one it is the breath of god the holy spirit through holy apostles and prophets All right never known before but until now okay and it's closed there's no revelations part 2 coming it's done Peter even said that you have everything you need for life and godliness. Let's pray. Father, give us ears to hear. Let us be overwhelmed by your mercy and your grace. But Father, let us understand the privilege and the joy of being part of this mystery being unveiled before a lost and dying world this very day. Every one of us who is called by your name is part of the unveiling. May we be found faithful to speak when needed and to pray when we speak. Thank you, Lord, that you are using the weak to overthrow the strong. You're using the foolish to confound the wise. What an awesome God. Father, may we always keep our face towards you. May we walk in a manner worthy. May we stand in the grace that is in Christ. We love you. May we fall in love with you with every breath you grace us. In Christ's name. Amen.